0: Hello, and welcome to another podcast episode on paving the way. I'm Seth Amoa, AKA Essay. I'm here with Kenny Jean-Louis, AKA KJL. And today we're here with someone very special, a very known baller in Quebec, in Montreal, and in Canada, you know? And also she's been, she's right now playing pro, and she's one of the top female athletes, uh, you know, of the century, I may may add, uh, Miss Alex
1: merci merci d'avoir uh, accepté l'invitation. Uh, on t'a envoyé un message puis directement t'a dit oui. Puis uh, t'aimais qu'est-ce qu'on faisait. So uh, merci encore. Moi, uh, I didn't know I didn't know about you. Like, I, but I uh, Silla. And I know, I guess you guys were playing together. So I was watching a couple of games. And then when she left, I was like, damn, like who's going to, I guess, replace her? And then people were saying, oh, there's a girl named Alex. You know, she's going to be good. She's going to be a beast. And I was like, you know what? I don't think she's going to be better than uh, C-Line. I don't think she's going to have a big impact. And then at the end, <laughs> the next couple of years, I was watching it. And then you guys, you did great. And you guys won the championship. We're going to talk about that. So anyways, thank you very much for accepting our invitation.
2: Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for thinking of me and having me here.
0: I <laughs> appreciate it. Um, so, first thing I'm going to ask is because um, I knew you. I know you're from Beaconsfield, Quebec. Yeah. And, yep. And I know, I don't know too many ballers from there. You know. So <laughs>
1: I know Yeah. So
0: I don't know how or why and when you start playing basketball.
2: Um. Well, both of my parents uh, played basketball. They both played at McGill, actually. Um. So. They had that background, and um, growing up, we kind of played all the sports, like absolutely everything, including um, basketball, but I actually only really started really focusing on basketball in, like, grade 10, 11,
0: Um,
2: so it wasn't um, my main focus for a long time. I was more of a hockey player to start out with. Oh, And that's what like all my brothers are hockey players and we're kind of like a hockey family. But then when I kind of chose later on to go for basketball, my parents were super excited about it. And um, yeah, so that way I kind of went that way.
1: And why did you decide to go from hockey to to basketball? Is this because I guess you were too tall to play hockey? Like what was the reason? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, No, not exactly. Um, I actually... I went to Spahizid for hockey since fifth grade. So fifth grade, I would go uh, to school until like noon, and then I would play hockey, and then I was playing hockey for the boys' team, the the girls' team. Um, And I did that grade five, six, seven, eight, and nine. I was in Spahizid. And... I just felt like by the time I was in grade nine, um, it, it was a lot. It was a lot for, uh, and basketball was just kind of something I did like once a week um, with my friends once or twice a week. And it was like the fun thing to do, you know, it was like a break from hockey. Um, and so it, it always had, my passion was kind of always there for it. Um, but growing up, I was just much better at, at hockey because it, it was, I'd been skating since I was three and um yeah people just really didn't see a future for me in basketball um including my family including myself but I think once I got into grade 10 it became kind of clear that I couldn't play hockey with the boys anymore which I had done my whole life and I had to switch over and start playing with the girls and it was um a bit difficult for me just because I um you know they had all grown up playing together and um I was kind of really out of the scene in that sense. And so I think it was partly I was just getting a little bit tired of hockey and partly that switch that I didn't really particularly enjoy. Um, and I still found that my passion was really with basketball. So when I had to make the decision, um, I chose basketball, which was kind of a shock to everybody, but it worked out. So <laughs> I'm glad I did.
0: Um, what uh, What what position did you play in hockey? Defenseman. Oh, defenseman. Defense. Yeah. Do, do you sometimes like? Does it does does it the do you regret sometimes not being able to play hockey like or making that decision?
2: Um, I don't think I would say I regret it in any way. But every now and then I'll see you know girls that I played with or people that um were on my team and stuff and where they are now and kind of wonder well what would have happened if I would have stuck with hockey. But mm-hmm. I definitely don't um. Regret picking basketball
1: okay and and we're about a lot of players who play like a bunch of sports like when they're young. how would you say hockey help you with basketball
2: um, or maybe
1: maybe it didn't help and is two different <laughs> I guess thing I don't know
2: <laughs> no no um I'm, I'm I think my one of the better things um in my game is my i q and my ability to read the game, and I think that that. Um, with how fast hockey is, um, and how how much how quick it is, I think I developed a lot of those sort of hand-eye coordination skills um, and IQ skills in in that sense um, that have that have kind of helped me carry over. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: But yeah. Did you? Um, I guess when you're in high school, you said you made the decision in grade ten. Around. Yeah.
2: So when I was um, after grade nine Uh I actually went to the United States to go to boarding school and to a prep school in uh, Andover Massachusetts near Boston and the way it worked there is that you couldn't play um, there were kind of three seasons and the sports were separated into the seasons and the winter season both hockey and basketball were that season so it was impossible for you to play both or you Mm -hmm. couldn't you know you couldn't do it um so that was when I kind of was faced with like the the real decision to um to to pick one and and even then in, in the 10th grade I I chose basketball which was kind of a shock like I said to everyone and so um my parents really encouraged me like let just do one more year of hockey and if you still really don't want to do it then that's fine you can start playing basketball because I think when you get around grade 10, that's when college starts coming into play. And then here I was just like yeah. totally switching my sport. Yeah. So I think everybody started kind of panicking about that. Yeah. But, um, so I did do one more year of hockey. Um, I was just, I was playing club in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the school I was doing um, basketball, but I played club for that year. And then 11th grade was the first year I was hundred percent basketball.
0: So, go,
1: okay, you know, um, were you good right away, or at first it was kind of hard, yeah,' because
0: transitioning up from going from that's because you're a late late bloomer, you know, in basketball, so like how was that yeah. transition yeah, like
2: well, I wasn't i mean it wasn't completely brand new to me yeah. or I had sort of I had been playing at like you know, I played on Wilba in the West island here, and um, I played. Um, once I was just the year of ninth grade, I kind of convinced my parents that like once a week I could do the this with the basketball players. So on like Wednesdays I would go with the basketball players instead of the hockey, like every day. Okay. So, you know, I, I definitely okay. was playing as I went and I think with my height, it was, I still had such an advantage that it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, especially at the, the level I was playing at, which was kind of New England prep school level, which is not necessarily the highest level of basketball there is. I think it was um,
0: a good, those couple of years, I took like a big leap forward. Okay. At what, um, at what moment did you know, like, oh, you could actually go play like at a higher level after this? And you're like, you know, you're, you're actually going to dedicate, I guess, your whole career to it. Um
2: are you meaning for it to go from high school to university exactly yeah yeah well i think that was sort of the disconnect is that i kind of was of the opinion that whichever sport i chose i was going to go to university and play that sport and that's how it was going to go and (laughs) i think um when i chose basketball that's when everyone was like oh i don't know if she's going (laughs) to be able to like You know, a Division One scholarship because that was for sure the route for hockey. I would, you know, I was going towards a Division One scholarship, and that's what I was going to do. And then I said, "Yeah, I'm going to do it for basketball." And in my head, I thought, "Well, it was just like that's still what I'm going to do," you know. And so I don't think the doubt was really there for me. I think a lot of other people were kind of like, "Are you sure about that?" But um, I mean, it, it worked out. I think once, like I said, my height was a huge um advantage for me and I was kind of taken as a as a project for a lot of you know people yeah. at that time so
1: yeah. okay and we like I did we did our research and you went to Virginia Tech right yeah why so, why you decide to go to that school I'm sure probably like a bunch of schools recruiting you and Canada and in the States
2: um yeah I think um it was a Mix of a lot of reasons. It was in the ACC, which was you know super attractive for me at the time. At the, um, in 2012, it was you know one of the best leagues in Division One. And although we weren't a very good, that wasn't a very good team in the league. It was still the competition was really attractive um, for me. And uh, I think some of the other offers that I got um, weren't in as good of leagues. There were better teams, but the leagues weren't as respected. Um, so I think that was sort of my main um reason i think i also when i attended the school and i did my official visit i just got a really good vibe from the school and um i thought that i could you know really enjoy my time there and um, yeah so it was just sort of a mix of a lot of different things and uh ultimately that was the decision that i made
0: was it was it a, was there a big um was it was it challenging going from i guess Playing in grade 11 and then grade 11, yeah, grade 11. And then I guess going to university next, the the different competition.
2: Yeah. So, well, the the prep school goes to mm-hmm. grade 12, but even yeah, so 12, from, yeah. from 12 to university was a massive jump um, just in terms of how much work I was doing. Um, I don't think I had really, I think I had gotten by for a really long time just with being naturally kind of fit and really tall obviously um and then that big jump kind of realizing how weak I am how much I was not actually working (laughs) um so that first summer before my first year because we had to go I graduated and a month later I was there um so yeah that was a bit Mm -hmm. of a shocker but I was ready for it and I was excited for it um I wasn't you know I was mentally ready for it because they had told me what it was going to be like but i think once i got there i was like okay this is uh this is real but um like i said i was i was ready to work and i really wanted to see where i could go with basketball so okay.
1: i welcome the challenge for sure and what was your your mindset like when you i guess went there like uh, did like just basically your mindset when you went there were you thinking you know what i'm gonna go there and you know, probably it would be art at the beginning or your mindset was like, you know what? I always like played well. I'm going to get there and then play well. So what was your kind of mindset?
2: Um, I think, I mean, I think a big reason I went there in the first place um, was because of the whole idea that my whole life I was supposed to go and play D1 NCAA. And that was kind of, My tunnel vision, you know? Um, And I think when I got there, um, I I don't know if it was necessarily the best decision school-wise for me, um, but I did make it with the idea that this is a good school, and it's in a great um, league, and I wanted to see how I measured up against Um, that kind of competition and stuff Um, but yeah I think my my mindset going in wasn't at the time I didn't really see myself um, playing professionally later on it wasn't that I I didn't really look that far Um, and so I think going there I was mostly just because that wasn't necessarily my goal Um, to play after university the amount of time and sacrifice I was putting into basketball seemed a little bit unreasonable for me (laughs) Um, because I was like well do I really even is this really what I want to do you know and a mix of other other environmental factors for sure that were playing into it but I think I just um, I had been away from home now this was my fourth year away from home um, i had been away since I was 15 and I think that was really weighing on me too, um, my mental. So I think it wasn't the best year for me. I, I did I don't think I got out of it what I probably could have. Um, so I don't think my mental was in the, the right space for me to really like, uh, take out
0: of that experience what, what I could have. Okay. So, so when you were, I guess that year after that year, when you, I guess you were thinking of transferring. Um, Yeah. Did you think? um, Did you know already that you're going to go to McGill? Because since your parents both went there, or were you looking at other places?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the the main thing about halfway through my first year was I have I need to come home. Okay. Um, I think that was uh, that was my main focus, and then after that, it was like, okay, well, if you're so set on coming home. Like, do you still want to play basketball? Do you still want to this and that? And I knew I wanted to go to school. I still okay. wanted to go to school. Um, and in in my eyes, McGill was the best school. And so I said, okay, well, let's see if if I can get into McGill, then I'll play basketball there. And I okay. knew that there was, at the time, there was still a, a redshirt rule. So if yeah. you transferred, you had to sit out. For a year, so okay. I figured I'll transfer. Um, I'll sit out the year, see how it goes, and then either continue with basketball or not at that point.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So, but it
2: was the only. It was the only school that I applied to. Oh, okay. I didn't
0: really
1: oh. have a plan. Okay.
2: I didn't really have a plan outside of going to McGill. So, if it wouldn't <laughs> have worked out, it would have been a tough year for sure.
1: Okay. Puis, uh, question à and say, uh, were you were you scared like when you made that decision? Like because I know there's a, I know personally a lot of people who, went, who go to the states and that's their dream. They really want to go to the states, and then stuff doesn't work out. But they feel like, oh, if I come back or if I change school, people are gonna look at me a different way. So you know what? I'm just gonna stay. And and but they're not happy. So what what's the point of maybe okay going to it yeah. and not being happy? Go back and do what you really want to do. So, but were you scared, or in your mind, were well, like, my happiness is like number one?
2: No, I think I I uh, definitely struggled with that um, because, especially, I think it was it was even amplified because a few years earlier, I had made the decision to not play hockey anymore, and that was kind of a shock already. Everyone, and now I'm going to go and say oh, I'm also not going to play in the NCA as well, you know? So I felt like it was, like, another big dagger to all the expectations that people had for me. Um, but I kind of sat with my parents, and I was like, look, this is my situation. This is everything that's going on with me right now. Um, I think I need to come home. And they were 100% behind me on it. And once I had that, I was like, all right, it doesn't really matter. You know, once I had my, like, immediate support system around me, um, I was like, it didn't matter anymore what, what other people... I think that was the fear, was that, you know, my parents and my family and my close friends would be... would, you know, think poorly of me for making that mm-hmm. decision. And once that was made clear that that wasn't going to be the case, mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. I have my people behind me. And if it doesn't... If other people don't like it, that's none of my business.
0: Okay. Um, did you... uh I don't know, did you have any other schools in mind in case you, if you didn't go to McGill?
2: Um, well, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? I really, yeah, I really didn't. I think, um, you know, I, I had spoke to the um, uh, sort of academic advisor um, for athletics at McGill, um, and she had kind of give. I had gotten – I'd done very well in school at Virginia Tech my first year. And so I think it was, it was, she was very confident that it was going to be like a go. Um, And so I knew that when I applied that it was like, okay, this is like 90% sure going to happen. So I didn't kind of see the need really to like apply somewhere else, but in that 10% chance that it didn't happen, I really didn't have a plan.
0: Okay. So when you were thinking about transferring, um did did uh did other schools try to reach out to you? Did you did they know or did they not know? Or like did you make um, some you know, yeah.
2: yeah, I don't think uh anybody really knew because I kind of made the decision before the season was over um with my family, but I didn't want to make that known to my teammates or to the coach before the season was, was done. Mm-hmm. Um so okay. Yeah, so I waited until our season was over to to announce it to my coach, and by then I had already kind of been talking to McGill and okay. sort of like talked to the academic advisor and knew that that was going to be an option for me. Um, so yeah, I just like I said, my main my main priority at the time was was coming home. So yeah.
1: Yeah. and uh, how was your redshirt year, like when you went to McGill.
2: Um, I think it was exactly what I needed. Um, in terms of um, you know not uh having any pressure on me whatsoever um being able to really focus on just enjoying basketball enjoying the the people I was with it was such a good group of girls um and the you know the environment that was that I was around and and the coach and everything uh it was just i was I knew right away, like, I wasn't even playing, and I was like, this is where I want to be, like, this is it, this is the best decision I ever made, and so I was really happy about that, and I think halfway through, I was just itching to play, because this was a school I wanted to play for, this was a coach I wanted to play for, and these were teammates that I wanted to play with, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it wasn't as, uh, sort of hard I think if had I had I been able to play right away I don't know that the same outcome would have happened for me enjoying my five years the way that I did I think I really needed that break and that
0: pressure release for the year so mm-hmm. I'm glad the rule hadn't changed at the time <laughs> yeah no, no, I completely I, I respect that a lot um, a lot of players I think the one thing is that they're scared to transfer because they don't want to sit out a year they would don't yeah. wanna, they think it's a waste when for real it's not it's just a it's a blessing in disguise in a way. Like, like, you, you know, like yeah. I, even I transferred and that year I sat out really helped me in many yeah. ways, you know? So yeah. I feel like it's a really, really, really good thing for players to not just focus on all oh, just basketball, basketball, but also for what they actually want to do, you know?
2: What, yeah. A hundred percent. I think I've never really been um, the kind of person that has like a set plan for my life by this age, I need to be doing this and I need to be, graduated by this age so that I can work until you know mm-hmm. I'm I'm not like that some people are and that's usually plays into that decision too of mm-hmm. sitting out and extending a year on your career on the other side mm-hmm. um, but for me I it wasn't you know a, a big concern of mine I had all the time in the world so I was like I'm at least gonna find the place that I enjoy being you know yeah.
1: and uh, can you tell me like I was competing with the uh, Miriam Sila Oh,
2: <laughs> I know us. No,
1: no.
2: no uh, she's uh she was an amazing teammate she um you know definitely probably forced me to take the biggest leap forward that i did i mean the year after my my fourth year was my best year at miguel by far and i think a lot of that had to do with she was kind of everything that I was missing as a player um in her tenacity and her physicality and her aggressiveness um were a lot of aspects of my game that were lacking. Um and she is definitely someone that goes at you in practice like you're on the other team. So like playing against a player like that every day, um it really forced me to like raise my level of competitiveness. I mean I'm a super competitive person, but more, you know, the way I was playing and the physicality of it, and um, you know, she would she would go 100 percent every individual, every practice, and it really forced me to elevate my game um, by playing with her
0: mm-hmm. all the
2: time. Um, but believe me, when the game started, I was very glad she was on my team and not yours.
0: <laughs> oh man! 100%. Um,
1: I want to. Oh, can I go? And I was a relationship with uh, Ryan.
2: Uh, great. I had a great relationship with Ryan. Um, I think my, like I said, my fourth year was the kind of year that I had to really step into a leadership role. Before that, um, you know, Diana Ross had been there, and um, and Marianne had been there, and Gabby Ba, and then before that, you know, like Frank was there, and so there were, you know, I I really didn't need to be in that role until um, that sort of wave of people had left. And then um, I think my fourth year is when that relationship with Ryan really took off because, um, you know, we needed to have uh, way more dialogue and, and things like that. Um, So yeah, I had a, I had a really good relationship with him. He was, you know, one of the, he's the favorite coach I've ever played for. And definitely a big reason that, um, you know, my passion for the game was reignited he's a big reason why I decided to go try out for team Canada he's a big reason I thought I could actually play overseas um you know he really sort of um he like yeah he really saw my potential and he let me um he kind of uh, I don't know how to say it but he sees you is better than you see you, you know, Mm -hmm. he knows what you're capable of, even if you don't think you are. And Mm -hmm. he pushes you to that point, which kind of can make or break some people and some people, it it doesn't work out. And, you know, it's not like he has most amazing relationship with any player ever, but for me Mm -hmm. it was exactly what I needed, his style of coaching. And um, it, it was a huge reason why I was able to find success with basketball after
0: that. Were you um your uh you said your fourth year that's your best your best year, right? Um going into your fourth year, you know, and losing Diana Ross and Miriam uh, did you were you nervous going into your fourth year of how things were gonna be? How the expectations like Kenny, like like people were saying, like if Miriam leaves, if they all leave, or isn't they gonna be that yeah? Good? Yeah, you know, so
2: Yeah. And and we I mean, we had a terrible season. It wasn't like my fourth year was like an amazing year and I was the best year of my career or anything like that. Like we had a really awful season and we had a lot of issues, um, you know, trying to figure out our team and, and, and develop these new roles that everybody had. Um, so yeah, it was, it was scary going in, but I think like, I knew my abilities and I knew the teammates that I had and we had a like we had a good team and like it was, we knew that it was kind of a matter of figuring out our chemistry Mm -hmm. that was and figuring out our roles. Um, and that was something that we constantly were kind of trying to do and something that me and Ryan were trying to tag team different people and okay, you talk to her, you say this, you say this, I'm going to try and get her to do this. And, um, yeah, it was it was a it was a big adjustment period but um, it wasn't even that big I mean it took us you know half a season by by playoffs we obviously peaked so yeah. we peaked at the right time for sure yeah. um, but it was there was some growing pains there for sure for everyone just learning how to you know how to lead and and do this I've always been a, a vocal player but I think once those squirrels left that were very good at leading by example I had to really you know, learn how to do that better. And, and yeah, a lot of, everybody had to, to learn how to, how to adjust. And wow. I think, I mean, we, we ultimately did, but um, it was definitely looking spooky at the beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah. One, one of your former teammates told me that you're the best player that she played with and you were the best leader that she had. So I, I'm, I don't know if she, she wanted me to say her name, but she just so told me that. So, but yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. we, what, what's we, today? What What's it? Who? Who? Eh? Who? Fred, Fred. Ah, Fred Podvent. Shout know. out. Shout, <laughs> out, shout <laughs> out. Yeah. 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 And that um was, yeah logo.
2: No, we went yeah, we we went back and forth a few times in practice. There were oh, yeah? some growing pains there too, but I think we found our friendship off the court and we were able to bring it onto it. So it worked out for us yeah, for
1: yeah, sure. sure. And before we talk about uh, national, can you tell us what it meant to represent your country, like Canada? Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: that was um, that was a, a huge honor. I mean, I I had done it for a cadet team. I got kind of called right when one of the first years that Team Canada started doing um, under sixteens. Mm-hmm. So um, I was a baby. I was very much not good at basketball. We've as we've kind of discussed at that age, <laughs> and um, um, I got called to do a tournament, and I thought it was just the most amazing experience, and um, you know I couldn't believe it. And then you know I went to boarding school and onto Virginia Tech, and I kind of never really like my ties with the with the national team were kind of gone. And I thought, well, that's never going to be an option for me anymore. Um, uh, which was was too bad, you know. Um, and then, like I said, I got uh, Ryan convinced me to go to an open tryout. He said, you know, do it, even though he had convinced me two years prior, and I got cut. I didn't even get looked at. And then he said, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. And um, so I went again after my fourth year, and um, I got picked to come to the senior camp. So the last. Four years, um, I've been able to to do stuff over the summer with the different tournaments with the national team over the summer, which has been um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's such a high level and playing with um, you know the the some of the best players in the world. Really, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's quite an experience for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I want to know. Can you just can you just let people know how, how hard how hard have you worked? I guess in your university career, you know, in practices or maybe off on your own time, you know, to be the player that you are. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people just think going to practice isn't, isn't enough, you know, to be, yeah. You know, yeah. So what, what do you have to say to a message?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I've really been lucky with the the coaches that I've had because Um, you know Ryan is someone that that he doesn't give you a choice like if you're going to commit to this team we're doing weights we're doing individuals and we're practicing five times a week and so he's making you put that work in you know and then if you want to do extra sessions with him, he's always there and I think that that um, was what sort of differentiated me as I went on is that I Started going to him for the workouts. You know, I was like, I want to do more. I want to do more. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, and so, once you get to a point where you have that kind of relationship with your coach, and you're, you know, you're dedicated, and you're, um, you know, the passion is there. I think that's the key to to putting in that extra work and doing those extra things. Because I don't think I really started doing that until. Um, those girls left, and I was like, "All right, I got to be that guy this year. Yeah. I, I don't have a choice anymore. I can't rely on her to score or her to score or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once it was kind of it looked like that, I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm going to do this," and and okay. we got it done. But yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then during the summers, like I said, I was lucky enough for the last four years to to get a lot of my program and my training throughout the summer with the national team. So, you know, those are some of the best and brightest minds in basketball, putting Mm. together programs for you to do. Um, so it's, it's just about doing them, you know, and sticking to it and things like that. So I've been really lucky in that sense that I haven't really had to, I guess, come up with my own stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I've always had the resources sort of, um, over the last four or five years to, 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 to help me with that um but again i mean you can have all the resources in the world and if you don't use them and apply yeah. them it doesn't it's not going to help don't you don't mean know.
0: anything yeah yeah
2: exactly <laughs> um so it, it is about okay knowing you know having the right resources but also you know being willing to put the work in as well
1: did just i have two questions first did you play for ryan with team quebec or no did he coach you
2: Yes, he did my i think under eighteens
1: okay, I played
2: okay. uh i think yeah he was uh he definitely coached me for a a summer I'll go okay. out there for sure,
1: and my other question now, let's talk about uh, your run at national like people say that that was a koalaer run the way you <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the way you kill like everyone double, uh, double. <laughs> yeah. like. People were were saying, "Oh, those girls are the underdog." But I feel like you guys do. I guess you guys play, and you play. Maybe in your head, you guys were not the the underdog, and you guys were ready to, I guess, kill and win. Yeah.
2: Well, I I mean, when we got there, I think the only the only thing in my mind was um, was Fred. Honestly, I knew I was going to show up. I knew everybody, and I I wasn't a hundred percent sure if she was going to be like. Uh, like in it you know in it with me like fighting. Why not? <laughs> um well we had been up and down all season yeah. you know mm, and i think mm. she had a little transition period too where she didn't get to sit out a here she came right back and started playing so yeah. for her she didn't get that time to adjust yeah um to the different style of play and the different role that she had and all these things you know um and so i think towards the end of the season it was kind of like okay, we're not sure, this and that, and then playoffs happened, and I remember before our first game um, at Nationals, I had a, um, we had, I talked to Fred, and she was like, yo, I'm down, like, I'm down, we're doing this, like, we're, we're doing this, and I remember shortly after that, I, I was sitting with Ryan on the way to our first game, and he, you know, we were talking about, oh, he's nervous, he's this, he's that, I was like, coach, I, I talked to Fred, like, we're good, because if that girl shows up I know I'm here and I know we have the rest of the team locked in like Uh, that's that's what we needed and she absolutely showed up you know uh everybody did and I think everybody had um you know Marika had an incredible shooting tournament um Jen Silver who was you know the favorite four that I ever played with just because she knew how to she knew how to do all the little things, you know, um, and and complemented my game so well um in terms of reading. So yeah, we had everybody just kind of, you know, and then we had such a good group coming off the like we were deep. And yeah, so I think going into it, um, because of the season we had, people were pretty uh doubtful. Um, but like I said, I think we always had the pieces. It was just a matter of clicking and once I kind of had had that conversation with Fred. I was like, it's clicked, we're done, everybody's in place, and let's go out there and do it.
0: You guys, um, in that tournament, uh, you, know, you guys played, did you guys play CBU? Or no? No. No, huh? That's okay. No. So, yeah. um, I wanna know, when you guys played national, um, cause I know you, you won your, so you won a red shirt and then you won provincials. So you guys went to nationals, but lost,
2: yeah.
0: and then went to nationals again lost the year after so going to national for you was like a regular thing you know so yeah yeah so did you at that point I guess when they left when you went to nationals were you like for sure you have to win this year you're not you know like what was your like what were you thinking going to nationals that year knowing they guys went the years before but didn't win
2: yeah yeah a
0: whole new team yeah
2: yeah I think the the year before was an especially I mean, every time you go to nationals and lose, it's it's not not fun. But I think the the year before um, was really a year that we truly thought that was a gold medal team, and it was. You know, it was it was a gold medal team. We had the season to prove it. We had the provincials to prove it, and the injuries just happened at all the wrong time. And I mm-hmm. think. Um, you know, that being the last year for a lot of those girls, which were the leaders on the team and they were, you know, they were really what made that team a family at the time, um, to kind of watch that happen. Um, I know for me, it was, I was one of the few that wasn't injured, but I wasn't able to, you know step into that role and 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 do that um, at the time at that like last minute everyone going down and okay Alex well go you know go do it and I I wasn't able to and the you know how difficult that was to to see those girls that being their last game um, and and them having to leave after that I think that was when I had a conversation with myself, like, okay, if you go to nationals again, like you're, there's no way that that's, that performance is going to like, there's no way Mm -hmm. that that's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that following year, I really had a bone to pick with myself, Mm -hmm. um, just in terms of how I felt that I'd really let down a lot of people the the year prior. Um, so I knew that if I was going to be back there, it was, there was, no way I was going to have that same conversation myself that you didn't leave it all on the floor, you know?
1: And I was the final buzzer at national when you guys, uh, won? Like I uh, was the feeling because of me, I, we put, I, played five, I played five years and I didn't get a chance to win. So I, I don't know what's the, what's the feeling? <laughs> yeah,
2: it was, um, it was very surreal. Um, I think at the time it didn't, it was just more shock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I was just I was exhausted for one I think that game I really um as soon as that buzzer went I almost like just wanted to fall on the floor because I couldn't (laughs) breathe but um but yeah it was um it was such a rewarding feeling for how many years McGill had been kind of really disrespected at the national level in terms of oh they'll get there because the conference isn't very good and then they'll lose the first game you know or they'll lose the second game or whatever and um so there was a lot of validation for my coaching staff who had you know endured that for all the people that came before and had to endure it and built that program to let us get there Mm -hmm. um so it was yeah it was just a really rewarding feeling to stand there and kind of put the finger up to all the people that you know especially that season that said that mcgill was done and mcgill was this and mcgill was that so it was it was yeah it was a really nice it was Um, really rewarding
0: yeah um what what does it feel to be named top 100 woman athlete of the century yeah they got that right right yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, how does that feel because i don't yeah i think i don't have I don't really know many top hundred. Yeah. Of the century. That's a big, like just a, a huge honor. Right. So how's it feel for you?
2: Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a, a huge honor to be recognized. I think there's, um, there is a, a lot of talent across Canada for people that do stay. Mm. Um, and I think often it's, you know, overlooked just based on the fact that you're playing in Canada and not yeah. playing in the NCAA. Um, but there are a lot of people that that's not their dream and they do stay and they do, um, you know, they're, they're really talented. And, um, you know, and over the 100 years, there's a lot of really good um, women that have come through different programs um, and represented their teams really well. So, um, you know, to know that um, I was chosen out of all of these people, Mm-hmm. and and viewed in that way and that that was sort of the the legacy that i left behind was definitely um, a huge honor yeah
1: nope. I'm, I'm i'm mad sila's not on there but that, that, that's that's, that's <laughs> another that's another question but okay um during your i guess time at McGill, who was what was the biggest rivalry and biggest matchup
2: uh, well, I think as a as a team, it kind of switched as we went. Um, I think at the um, at the beginning, it was probably uh, more Concordia towards the beginning when they had um, they had a really good team with Red and and a lot of those other girls. Um, my first couple years, so I think that was probably. Right. Um, more of our matchup, and then my last two or three years, it, it really became Laval. They really grew into uh, a really great program, um, and when Guillaume took over, he really elevated them. And so I think my last two years, it was definitely Laval as a team um, was kind of our, you know, uh, big rival. Um, individually, uh, I think I've rivaled a lot. Of different players, there
1: was um, um, oh Jessica Lubin,
2: no, yeah, yeah, of course, Jess, Jessica Lubin on you can but they're um, Marchisati on um, Bishops, she was also a you know from Argentina, she plays on the Argentine national team, and um, she was another one that was uh, you know, a big a big matchup and yeah, Jess for sure. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I, I definitely had my work cut out for me in in on different teams throughout the years, you know?
0: Okay. And, um, so after McGill, a career McGill, Oh, by the way, I want to know, how was it, did you feel any pressure going to McGill knowing that your parents both went there and played there? Do you feel any pressure with that? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, oh
2: yeah, I think
0: it it was more
2: um it was more support on their right. end okay. and yeah, I don't think I was uh you know, am I going to live up to this or that or yeah, okay. yeah that was that wasn't really there. I think I had already you know, established my um sort of basketball um level of play by, you know, being in the states and doing that and mm-hmm. um yeah, it, there wasn't really any okay. pressure from there and
0: so after your career um, at what, McGill, what made you go decide to play pro? Well, obviously, your resume speaks for itself, why you would go play pro. But you, yourself, why were you like, you know what, I'm going to go play pro now. And, yeah.
2: Well, once I, I think my, after my fourth year, it was the first year that um, I, I made the team with the senior national team um, for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. And... That's when I kind of realized, like, okay, if this is something that I want, um, playing for Team Canada and and doing doing this, then I have to play pro. I mean, I was only had one more year of university left. Um, and even then, I, I actually graduated my fourth year, and I, I could have gone to play pro instead of going to do my fifth year because I was already done school. Okay. Uh, but I felt like for, you know, I definitely – Owed that school another year of mm-hmm. everything I had, and that program for sure. So I felt like I had to go back, you know. And once you win a championship, like you gotta go back. Yeah, gotta, gotta defend go it. Yeah, you
1: gotta, you,
2: gotta, you gotta defend it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think it was definitely making that um, Team Canada team, and you know, talking to Ryan and him being like, "Yo, this is really something you can do if you want to do it," and then. Uh, going to that first camp and and going to camp with girls that were playing all over the world and talking to them about it. Um, that was kind of when I was like, "All right, this I'm I'm going to do this for sure. This is what I'm going to do." Yeah, and great. also my also my my brother had gone the year before. He plays um, hockey overseas, um, so you know he had had that experience. So it wasn't really unfamiliar to my family okay. either.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Dernier question uh, sur ton experience, Amiguel, um, by Universitaire. Can you tell, I guess, um, kids who think that, oh, I don't want to stay in Quebec, I want to go outside of Quebec or play NCAA? Can you talk about some positive or probably staying in the Quebec League? Because the Quebec League is great. But like you mm-hmm. said, you guys were disrespected at National, and people think that, oh, it's only five team, like, why stay here? So can you talk about some positive? of, playing in the Quebec league?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I think towards our last couple years, um, you know, we had three teams in the top 10 that were ranked throughout the year in our little five person league. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then you're saying, oh, well, look at this person's record. And it's like, well, yeah, but they have to play against two of the top 10 teams in the country, you know, throughout the, the season
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so i think in that sense as it relates to a lot of the rest of the country um it's a it's a lot more physical of the league it's a lot more t- it's a lot tougher and i think that's how we generally found success at nationals was playing people like we are playing in quebec and not you know like they play out west maybe. But um, but uh yeah I think as in terms of you know Quebec versus going um to the NCAA, I mean look I think it's it's different for everybody and if that's your dream and that's what you you know aspire to do and and you know that's what you want to experience and I think you should, you know, I I think you should do what you want to do. But I think to, you know, if you do aspire to play overseas or to, you know, continue your basketball career after university, it's, it's not the only option. It's not like if you don't go to the NCA and you stay in Quebec, then that's not going to be an option for you. Um, you know, it's really a matter of the work you put in. And if you're going to do it, you're gonna do it, you know. And I going to, you know, play for a, you know, lower and um, you know, Division One program just to be able to say that you are playing Division One. Um, you know, that's when you have to kind of weigh your options. Of well, you know, there there are certainly players that are far beyond you know, they're going to go play for a top five school in the United States. And those those players exist, and they're few and far between. Mm -hmm. And to them, I'd say, go ahead. Like, that's definitely what you need to do. Um, But for, you know, the large majority of people that kind of fall in between, um, I think it's sort of worth questioning why you want to leave. You know, is it just because of the hype behind – the NCAA mm-hmm. and this and that, or is it because that's really the best option for you and um, your career, you know? So it's definitely a question worth asking that I don't think enough athletes do. I think they just kind of see the bright see lights the light, and yeah. they're like, this is, this okay. is what I'm going to do. Look at me go. And um, yeah, but it's definitely a, a question that more athletes should ask themselves.
0: So how was it right now playing? Um, oh, sorry. How was it after, right after McGill pl- going to play in Spain? for two seasons. No, g- Germany. Germany. Germany, sorry. Plus. I My think Spain, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Germany. Um,
2: yeah, so that was a, it was another bit of a jump, but I I think the, um, how much more time you have, you go from being a, a student athlete, that's full-time school, full-time basketball to mm-hmm. just basketball. So um, you have, yeah, just, you have so much more time to take care of your body and, um, you know, do all these other things. So, yeah, I think that that was, um, that was a nice change of pace and I really enjoyed it for sure.
0: Okay. So are you, um, are you going to keep continue playing in Germany or are you coming up after this whole situation? What are you, what are your future plans?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm um, I'm looking to sign with a different team. I played with the same team the last two seasons, um, but it's so much is uncertain right now with the situation. That I mean, everybody's hoping for a season to be happening everywhere come September, um, but I, so many athletes are in limbo right now with yeah. what what's going to happen and what our plans are. So. Um, you know, if all goes well, I'll be back overseas, but um, we'll definitely have to see.
1: Okay. And and how do you stay active? And are you back in Montreal? And how do you stay active?
2: Yeah, I'm back in Montreal now. Um, I'm uh, I'm back living at home with um, my brother's here too, who um, plays hockey, and so uh, it's kind of nice. We like I have a workout buddy here um, because he's also training we have our you know we got as much gear as we could when this all started um in terms of equipment um and so yeah we do a mix of you know weight training and running and biking um and different things like that so we're uh it's yeah it's definitely easy that i'm not by myself and we have a hoop right next to right next to us so yeah, I'm definitely lucky in the situation that I have equipment and a
0: partner. That's good. That's good. Um, now I would love to play a game, a quick game. Okay. okay. So, uh, mine is a uh, bench cut and start. So start bench. Okay. Cut. okay. I'm gonna give you three things. You got to start bench cut. Okay. Start, bench, right. cut. Okay. Yeah. So one is obviously winning nationals. Um, Two, <laughs> she's like, huh? <laughs> two is um playing with um, like you said, Miriam Silla was a huge part of your, you know, becoming a player that you were. Okay. So that's two. And the third one is playing for your country. I knew you were gonna say that too. Uh, so you gotta start one, bench one, and cut one.
2: Well, I have to start playing for my country. I don't okay. I don't think I could put that. Anywhere else. Um dun, 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 dun. yeah. And you know Damn. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: You cannot uh, cut C like, you cannot uh, cut C like. National championship? match. You know what? Oh, that's okay, that's true, that's true, that's true. I mean, yeah, I
2: yeah. like I have to bench nationals and Cut, man, because I think Ma'am would want me to keep the nationals in there. I don't you, think she would want me to cut it. We'll have
1: we'll have her on this, you know. See what she I says don't about it. <laughs> no, but with with my game, you're gonna you're gonna be able to redeem yourself, okay? okay <laughs> so so you have to name the all-time top five player that you play you play with. So from PG to center. Top five. So, so top five. Top five player that you, you you play you play with. Like I said, you have you, you can redeem yourself. But anyway,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, don't put her in if you don't you don't watch. <laughs> y'all.
2: Know, like you guys are gonna have me. Oh hello. You
0: guys are um,
2: man, you're gonna have my phone ringing tonight with <laughs> with people I don't put in here. I'm gonna put ma'am, hundred percent. Okay. Um, Mariam Silla. So, you want to pick someone for every position or just? Five
1: yeah, no, every position. Top five. Top
0: five. So, PG, yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, top five.
2: Damn. Uh, I'm going to take Mam. I'm going to take D. Diana Ross for oh, my point guard. Yeah. Shut up. I'm taking Fred on my shooting guard. Oh. Shut up. Now, oh, I got to take myself. That's four. For the big. So,
1: who's the three?
2: And now, what I got? A three? Yeah. You know what? Um, okay. I think I'm. No, I think no, I'm gonna take. No. What? Yeah.
1: No, no. Go. Go. <laughs> who, are who are you
2: whispering? Who are you think? Me. What do y'all think?
1: No. No. no, no me. me we, I was about. I was bro, about Kenny, to say. Candy. No, no, Candy. No. Can,
0: can you let her answer?
1: Please? Okay. 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 Yeah. Go ahead. What
2: you about to
1: say? No. Okay. Okay. You said. Okay. It's <laughs> my game. Okay. I'm gonna let you. Pick a six man. So that means you have two more two more player that you can pick.
2: Oh. Okay. Well, you're just gonna make it harder for me anyway. Yeah, like, oh, it's um, <laughs> oh. I thought
1: it would be easier. Oh okay. Well,
2: I gotta pick a three man. So yeah. I think honestly, the three man I'm gonna pick is um Gabriele Because I think she is hands down probably the most um, competitive and like most heart I've ever played with um, in my whole career there. Uh, she was just elevated the competitiveness every single time. Maybe not, you know, yeah. the most skilled or the most this or that, but her, uh um, her leadership and her, you know, lead by example and her competitiveness was probably one of the most respected players that I've played with in that regard. Okay. And so I have to figure out my three. And coach? Like of the coaching staff?
1: No, um, all time I mean, coach. like. Oh,
2: Ryan, hands down. Ryan? Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: All right. All right. That, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, nobody, anyone who's listening to this, please don't be mad. You know, it was a tough game, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Alex, for, you know, being here and, you know, and sharing, us, uh, sharing with us your journey with basketball. Cause not a lot of people get to say what, get to say, what they, get to say, you know, what you just said and the way you've, uh, basketball, you started, I guess, playing really, I guess, focused on basketball from late. Until what you what you're doing now, playing pro, you know, I, I, you are paving the way for girls basketball in Quebec, which I think should be much m- m- a, lo- a little bit more recognized than it is. Um, and I really appreciate you being here with us and sharing us your basketball journey.
1: Merci.
0: Yeah, well, thanks
2: so much for having me on, and um, you know, giving me the platform and providing this platform, um, you know, to women's basketball players. It's a it's a great thing you guys are doing, and I have a lot of respect for you. So thank you.
1: Merci, merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation ce soir. Il beaucoup de personnes qui vont regarder l'interview puis qui yeah. vont uh, être inspired from everything you said. So thank yeah. you again. Appreciate, sure.
0: mm-hmm. thank you guys. All right, Hi, thank you so much, and to our listeners listening and watching, don't forget to subscribe on our platforms. Once again, I'm Seth Moa, aka Essay. I'm
1: Kenny, aka KGL, aka Freaky. Okay, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for another episode.